Welcome to Words to Live By, a podcast series hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Each week, we will share some of the wit and wisdom of Ronald Reagan. In essence, Words to Live By, made up of radio addresses and speeches he delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. Well, now that we're into football playoff season, we have the perfect opportunity to focus on Ronald Reagan's love for football. In fact, his experience in high school on the gridiron helped him audition for radio. Yeah, well, let's let him tell the story. Well, I told him I wanted to get a job in radio because I hoped eventually to become a sports announcer. Do you know anything about football, he asked me. I played football for eight years in high school and college. Could you tell me about a football game and make me see it as if I was home listening to the radio? Yes, I'm sure I could, I said with the bravado of youth. Come with me, Pete said. He led me to a studio and stopped me in front of a microphone. When that red light goes on, he said, I'll be in another room listening. Describe an imaginary football game to me and make me see it. Well, I decided I had to describe a game with drama and an exciting finish. Name names and describe specific plays. The names were the big thing. How could I come up with different names as I described a play? I decided to describe one of the games in which I'd played at my own school, Eureka College, where I'd played football four years. I knew the plays and the players in that game. The previous season, we'd won the game in the last 20 seconds with a 65-yard touchdown run by Bud Cole, the quarterback and one of my TKE fraternity brothers. While I was deciding what I was going to say, the red light in the studio suddenly flashed on. I looked at the microphone and improvised. Here we are in the fourth quarter with Western State University leading Eureka College six to nothing. Long blue shadows are settling over the field and a chill wind is blowing in through the end of the stadium. We didn't have a stadium, we had bleachers. But I didn't expect him to know the difference. I let the team seesaw across the field for almost 15 minutes, then began leading up to that final play, an off-tackle smash. When we played that game, I never knew how Bud made it to the goal line. The right guard, that was me, was supposed to pull out of the line immediately after the ball was snapped, lead our interference through the line, and take down the first defensive player in the secondary. But I missed the linebacker by a mile, and I don't know to this day how Bud ever got through to make the touchdown. However, during the game that I broadcast for Pete MacArthur, a right guard named Reagan leveled a block on the linebacker that could have killed him. Bud not only reached the end zone and tied the game, but drop-kicked the point after touchdown and won it for Eureka, 7-6. to six. With Eureka's fans cheering, I ended the broadcast saying, we return you now to our main studio. So with the gridiron in mind, now let's move into Super Bowl celebrations and conversations with coaches, which are really, really entertaining. And this is his first conversation took place 40 years ago on January 22, 1984, after the Los Angeles Raiders with coach Tom Flores defeated the Washington Redskins 38-9. to Let's listen.
So in this recording, the president spoke to both the winning coach and the losing coach. Not an easy position to be in, but the 40th president navigated thoughtfully. So now we're in 1983 when the Washington Redskins with coach Joe Gibbs defeated the Miami Dolphins and coach Don Shula with a score of 27 to 17. So just a note as you're listening to the commentary, in his conversation with coach Joe Gibbs of the Redskins, the president referred to Redskins running back John Riggins. Mr. Gibb referred to Jack Kent Cook, the team's owner, and during his conversation with coach Don Shula of the Miami Dolphins, the president referred to Dolphins linebacker A.J. Dewey. Let's listen. More about Ronald Reagan, Super Bowl, and a terrific interview he did with Tom Brokaw right after this message. You'll love this. We'll be right back. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself. 
and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward. Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org give. That's reaganfoundation.org give. Now, back to the story, and we're going to listen to the interview with Tom Brokaw of NBC News prior to Super Bowl XX. This was January 26, 1986. Let's listen. Mr. President, thanks for being with us today. Well, I am pleased to be here. Over, uh, what, almost 20 years now, I've asked you a lot of questions about a variety of subjects, but uh, seldom have so many people been so interested as they are in this next question. I know you're the representative of all the people, but the time has come, Mr. President, for you to make a choice. Now, who do you like, the Bears or the Patriots? I think they're both great teams. I recognize that in my position, I'm not supposed to take sides. I have to say it's very easy, though, to really be uh, well, proud of and approving of both of these teams, the Patriots and all that they've gone through and starting as they did later in the season, recovering and coming back and being there in the, in the Super Bowl and the length of time that people have waited for this. But on the other hand, I go back in memories to the Bears and uh, a close personal friendship with Papa Bear George Hallis when he was alive. So um, I'm just going to say, may the best team win. We shouldn't read too much into the fact that you're wearing red, which Patriot colors. I worried about that while I was watching the pregame show here and wondered whether I maybe should change it to a neutral color. And then I saw a shot of the Chicago Bears, and one of them was wearing a red sweater, and I decided it was all right. Super Bowl Sunday has become a kind of undeclared national holiday. Do you think that occasions like this help shape our national character, or are they really just kind of entertaining diversions from things like the deficit and terrorism and Gaddafi and so on? Well, I think it's typically American that we can have or be diverted by things like this from the serious problems. I think it's part of the American personality, and I know that other countries take athletics seriously, uh, too, but there's something different about it in America. It's so much a part of American life that uh, I think it's a part of our personality. I know that football was important to you as a young man, so last week I called your old college football coach, Ralph McKenzie at Eureka College. He's 91 years old, yeah. still strong of voice. Now, here's what he told me. He said that you were... Eager, aggressive, better on defense, but overall an average football player, but an outstanding talker. Is that, <laughs> is that a fair scouting report? Well, probably, and I'm pleased that he didn't remember that much after 91 years. He's still coaching. So there have been a, how many hundreds or thousands of young men have come through the ranks with him. But I remember him very vividly as a coach. Uh, he could demonstrate as well as tell you because he had been a star at Eureka College, uh, a great star. Himself, but I remember, for example, one day running plays. And to make scrimmage more even in practice, uh, we would have the first-string backfield with the second-string line, and the first-string line with the second-string backfield kind of even things up. So he was teaching a play to the first-string backfield over there, and the fellow that was carrying the ball wasn't getting it right. And Mac, this was his way. He just came in and gently pushed him aside and says, Now, wait a minute. Watch this. Now, we in the line on the other side, we know what the play is. We know where the man's coming. In fact, I got my hands on Mac when he came through, and I hurt every place he touched me. 
and right through the varsity line and the second string backfield, back with the ball, threw the ball down and says, now do it that away. <laughs> now, you were a guard, and Presidents Ford, Nixon, and Kennedy also played in the line. What is there about the line that prepares you for presidential politics better than the backfield, it appears? Well, you know, the line certainly feels that uh, those fellows behind them wouldn't be able to do anything if, <laughs> if we didn't pave the way for them. But, uh, no, I was. I was a guard, and three years of varsity ball at Eureka, I averaged all but two minutes of every game. And then when you became a film star, you got to play the part of the legendary George Gipp of Notre Dame, the Gipper, a great running back. But lately we've learned that Gipp was not only a great athlete, but he was a bit of a rogue. He was a pool shark and a card uh, shark. And there uh, were some, he was, but he was as, as loyal and as principled about football and winning for, uh, for Rockley. Yes, I knew some of those stories about him. As a matter of fact, uh, I had been trying to write the story, and I got in pictures with the idea of playing Gipp. And Warner Brothers bought the life story of Canute Rockney, and there it was. But yes, Gipp was older than the rest of the fellas, and totally dedicated to winning and all. But he was a fellow that could almost, when he said he, it was like Babe Ruth pointing at the center field fence and then hitting it over that fence, he could almost do whatever he said he would do. And Mrs. Rockney, who was on the picture with us, told us that he was the only man in all those years that ever really got under rock skin to where there was a kind of father-son relationship with him. The Oval Office may be the only office in America that doesn't have a betting pool going on the Super Bowl. Someone has estimated that, what, $2 billion may be wagered on this Sunday, most of it illegally. Does that bother you at all, that there's so much betting on football? Well, I wish there were that it could be without, because I think when it gets up to that kind of money, then there is too much temptation to try and fix things. And human nature being what it is, uh, we know from past history that sometimes they get away with that. That was one of Rockney's greatest uh, determinations, was he threw a gambler out of his office one day bodily, who had come to see him and was seeking some information about who was going to win. The, and uh, Rock just, he hated the idea of gambling associated with football. Mr. President, football is a metaphor for so many things in American life, including politics. Now, at the end of this game today, one team is going to be in a deficit situation, and all those players are going to face a very taxing year in 1986. You're about to deliver the State of the Union address. Are you going to put the American people through the same experience in 1986, a taxing year? Uh, a tax year, you say? A taxing year. Will this be a uh, tough year for them? I don't like the use of that word. It might be taxing for me and my energy. But I don't like the idea that someone might hear this and think I'm thinking of taxing them because I'm not. <laughs> I don't want any <laughs> Right now, all you have on your mind is the Super Bowl, watching it with Mr. Reagan. I That's right. And remembering football much more vividly than you normally do. It all comes back and you find yourself uh, kind of remembering what the cleats felt like under your, under your shoes. President, I hope you have a great afternoon watching the game. Thanks again for being with us today. Looking forward to it, and thank you. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the Words to Live By 
podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of Words to Live By come out every Tuesday. Like what you hear? Check out our A Reagan Forum podcast featuring great speeches delivered at the Reagan Library. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan 40 on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher.